0: Go face them and fight them. Be savage again.
1: It is mid-August, so that means the football preseason is officially underway. And we're back. Welcome into the Put Me In Coach podcast, everybody. We are coming at you via Zoom from all over this great land of ours. From Washington, D.C., I'm Bobby Blanco. From Kensington, Maryland, Tom and Sally. From Rockville, Maryland, Ian Foster. And from somewhere on the Jersey Turnpike, Gregory Porter. Joins us via Zoom what's up, what's up? on his cell phone. Uh, it's been a while. Thanks so much for tuning in. Uh, Put Me In Coach Podcast across the board on all your favorite podcasting platforms. Give us a like, subscribe, follow. You can also follow us on social media at PMIC Podcast on uh, Twitter, Facebook, and on the Instagram. Uh, really appreciate everyone chiming in. Even though we're not too good at frequently providing episodes, when we do, uh, we like the feedback that we get from you guys and our loyal listeners who do Chime in once every what is it four months that we actually do episodes. But like I said, football season is underway. Baseball season is now meaningless. So hopefully we will be doing uh, definitely once October hits, way more frequent episodes uh, and talking more about the footballs and football. Maybe if Uma would prefer um, soccer as basc- as baseball season comes to a a merciless. Since when close. did we get into
2: baseball? I mean, uh, get in in soccer.
1: Uh, his uh, buddy Ted wants to. That's what I'm gonna attribute it to. His buddy's a he said his buddy's a Chelsea fan and wants him to be a Chelsea. I don't know. Yeah. Okay. But we are uh what four days removed from the first Washington football team spring uh spring training game. Jesus Christ. Preseason game, August training game. Um they fell to the Patriots. Again, it's preseason, no one really cares, but It was nice to see football on the screen again. I was just happy to watch, you know, see some actual game being played. You know, with COVID um, regulations and everything, it's hard to see a lot of, uh, you know, like practices and and reports. you, You know, you're just kind of following Twitter a lot, so it's hard to see, like, actual video of the guys playing and scrimmaging and stuff. So it was cool to see an actual game. There were plenty of games Throughout the course of the weekend, opening weekend saw some debuts from high draft picks from this past draft, so that's kind of cool. Um, yeah, it's fun to have football back in uh, in um, in the rotation, and uh, obviously it's going to be our main focus for the next couple of months.
2: Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, I don't really pay attention to the score from yeah. the final of a preseason game. It was twenty two to thirteen, and the Patriots victorious. And I actually saw a lot of Mac Jones. But, you know, for the most part, we just wanted to see from, you know, certain players that, you know, an improvement was made or like they're fitting in well. And, and this is when you're seeing those first, second, and third year guys, whether they're going to have a legitimate role with this team or or not. And just remember, we no longer have a four game preseason anymore. So, I mean, we have three. And I mean, at least for the first preseason game, that was the most I've ever seen starters play. Mm hmm. And I guess then game two would be the dress rehearsal. I know at least previously game three was always kind of the dress rehearsal. so I
0: think it's still game three though. you think it will still be game three? I think it's a buy after that.
1: Let's see. okay.
0: because week one starts the same.
1: Yes, there is a week in between. their final preseason game is against the Ravens on the 28th. Their opening day is the 12th. so there is a full week uh there is a, a full week game. in between.
0: So I think, I think that will still be the dress rehearsal. Got it.
2: Okay. I mean, I would say for the most part, I think I came away impressed with what I saw. Uh, you know, I wrote down, like, who stood out specifically, who was concerning, things like that. Just, you know, right off the bat, I would say if there was one player that, and a position that, you know, I was actually, frankly, I was kind of confused going into the season because Morgan Moses was abruptly released. And uh, Sam Cosby was immediately thrown into the, you know, to the lines then, so to speak in training camp and now in, in week one of the preseason. And you know that he's going to be in good shape when who he's practicing against is going to be a lot harder than who he's playing against on Sundays, most likely. Um, and he held his own. Very, very, very well, I, I was pleasantly surprised what I saw out of Sam Cosby.
0: Yeah, I think well.
1: go ahead. Go ahead, Ian.
0: There was so there was that one I think it was the Terry McLaurin uh reception, his first one, where Cosme got jacked. He got bull rushed, and he and then he got chipped by his own running back who bounced him back into position and then and then he fought off and recovered. Yeah, and he recovered and it was beautiful. Now, does that happen every time? No. But that was his his wake up call because that was mm-hmm first three downs yeah okay here we go yeah and and, you know speaking of that terry reception
2: i mean that level of timing that was needed from Fitz and the chemist i mean that is a completion that requires a lot a lot of chemistry yes and the fact that was shown at least on the first play not that you know one play should be you know emblematic as to what should happen in the future but i mean that was in a tight window and to our best player, so our best offensive player, at least. I
0: love it.
2: Con's yeah, You should be. I love he, seeing that uh, Fitzpatrick's beard coming out of the coming out of his uh, chit strap. Mm-hmm. I loved it. I love seeing him in there. I'm happy that he's on the team. You
0: team, know, he what yeah, I did, where he was chewing gum, no mouth guard, his wedding ring wasn't even the athletic band. It yeah, just his. Wedding ready? He's calling out blitzes. <laughs> yeah, I love Zero it. Zero fucks given. Zero fucks. I'm all about it. I mean, he has we an say, infectious hey, personality. When is, uh, is that
2: uh, is that is the Ravens uh,
1: Washington game? Is that home or in Baltimore? It's at FedEx Field Saturday the 28th at six o'clock. Fuck! All right, never mind. I don't want. I don't want to go. No, I don't blame go. you. Yeah, both uh, their last it's two home games are both at home. It's easier for you guys to come
2: to Raven Stadium than it is for all of us to go to FedEx Field. That's pathetic.
0: That was rude.
1: I mean, FedEx Field is just a pain in the ass it no is. matter where you're
2: it's from. It's easier for you guys to come to Baltimore than it is for all of us to go to FedEx Field. FedEx Field is farther away.
0: I did notice it took you a half a second to say home or away.
2: No, no. Home is FedEx Field. Duh, because I'm a Washington fan jerk. I I just live in Baltimore because it's
0: awesome. Is the Washington Ravens game (laughs) home?
1: (laughs) Which home, Porter? Which home?
0: Yeah, home or in Baltimore.
2: (laughs) I said it with purpose and intent.
1: You did. Yeah. Yeah. Thank
2: you. Thank you, (laughs) brother.
1: I think the experience of going to the game if we're in Baltimore will be way better than, I mean... I think f- for us, FedEx is technically yeah. closer. It's just the pain in the ass to get in and out of that place. Like, there's two ways in and two ways out, and then you're just stuck. And the stadium isn't nearly as, as nice. I mean, MT Bank is. It sucks. Is way nicer.
2: We'll have a new stadium in a few years. Ian will never give an inch. No, I was saying ours sucks. But now I oh, oh, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Um,. All right, and then as far as you know, the first drive of the defense, Chase Young immediately showed why he's Chase Young.
1: Yeah, I mean he's good. Nope. Like wrap him in bubble wrap and put him on the sideline. He does not need to play another snap.
2: And a, f- mm-hmm. a few things though, and nothing against Chase and doing anything wrong. And but Daron Payne, I understand it's preseason. You you want to make a play? Just just I'm gonna need you just to follow the ball. Oh my god. Just, just, just fall.
1: It's the most important thing out there. Please, just grab it. Just, just grab and it. Hold on to it. Fall. The
0: field goal He wanted to be Chase Young. He wanted to pick it up and take it to the house. I Get it. That's not your style. Nope. Layout. Unless you have.
2: Yeah, that's. But hell, hell, look.
1: get that out of the way in the first preseason game. If that's opening Perfect. day, he's he's Perfect. picking up that ball. Yeah.
2: You know, there, there's really on the on the other hand, there was really two guys that had three. Excuse me. That really stood out to me and, and guys that we're not sure if they're going to make the team, or I know one at least definitely will. And that's uh cornerback, Benjamin St. Juice, our third round pick. He has been with the starters. It, it seems like, you know, the, you know, I know everyone makes a big difference between three, four and four, three, but primarily more than 50% of the time, we're going to be in a nickel defense four down linemen, two linebackers and uh, three corners, two safeties. And, St. Juice has been with the starters in that formation, that nickel formation. So that means you have St. Juice on on one end, William Jackson on the other end, and Kendall Fuller playing where he's his most productive, which is in the slot. So last year, I mean, I I would have expected Kendall Fuller to remain outside and and Jimmy Moreland, who was a starter there last season, who I thought was fine. Um, This leads me to believe that they they think they might have found something special in St. Juice.
1: St. Juice looks really good. I mean, we know how good he was in Minnesota. Um, yeah, he's, he already seems like he's got a, a leg up on Jimmy Moreland. I, he's probably just hes just bigger and more athletic. I mean, he can play. He can cover more guys than Jimmy can. I mean, Jimmy, but, at this point, is probably going to be strictly a slot guy.
2: Yeah, and with. Um, Which is not a bad thing.
1: No, it's not a no, bad thing at all. I'm just saying that that's what yeah. gives St. Juice yeah, the, the leg up on him.
2: Yeah, and with, I mean, I think Juice was drafted more so on his potential than what he put on film because not that he was unproductive at Minnesota. He just didn't play a lot because of injuries. So, I mean, clearly there's talent there. And, I mean, if you are able to hit on a third-round pick to be a week one starter, I mean, that, it's either, is he he being this impressive or is, you know, Jimmy Moreland that bad? And I thought Jimmy Moreland was, was serviceable last season. He wasn't. He wasn't the problem. Yeah. So I mean, this this must be an upgrade.
0: I I, I literally think it's more indicative of what St. Jude's is doing. I agree. Yeah. What he's done through camp, they've been harping on him nonstop. And And what he put on week one one preseason, like he looks good. Yeah. He Mm -hmm. He looks the part.
1: And it adds depth to a position that we didn't think there was was too much depth. Entering the the season. You know, if, if he's gonna be able to play at that level, that's just you know, a guy and God forbid something happens to Fuller or Jackson and they have to mm-hmm. go down, he you know, he can step up and, and be a one or two yep. guy if needed. Um, yep. And
0: Fuller if if St. Jose is what we think he can be, it puts Fuller back in his natural position. Yeah. And he, he might be the best slot corner in football. Correct. I think he's one of the best. Like he's he's an all pro when it comes mm-hmm. to in the slot.
2: Like, yeah.
0: He's top three, if not top one at mm-hmm. that position.
2: Yeah, not to mention with where the pass rush appears where it's to be. Um, I mean, our secondary is going to be in a lot of um, favorable favorable positions. So um, the other guy that stood out to me, and I know at first this was kind of a, um, you know, a good, great headline to read on ESPN and things like that. And that is tight end Semis Reyes, who played his first organized football game less than a week ago and you know i I know that he's not going to be catching 40 passes in the in the season and something like this but you know he was signed because of his athleticism and with this organization under the assumption and hope that his athleticism can translate to football because he was a i believe a power forward at tulane then he was a part of an international football program through his native country of chile so I mean, the fact that not only did he look good, he was probably our best blocker, blocking tight end. Locker. He was blocking, and then I mean, he didn't drop the ball. He, he like double catch had to like double catch one of them, but I mean, he the fact that he not only held his own but but shined like he looked better than Tarek Hemingway and and you know other guys that aren't going to make this team. And you know, I think he he did himself a lot of favors on last Thursday.
1: He's a pretty crazy story. I'm just... Yeah, I mean, he deserves all the credit for getting out there and contributing the way he did. Mm -hmm. I I just still think, even at his size, you know, 6'5", 260, whatever it is, he gets popped once, he's going to get hurt. Like It's very different Mm -hmm. having not played football your entire life literally your first time playing football is in the NFL. <laughs> like, the first time he gets a hit, like, that one catch he had was across the middle. Mm-hmm. And I, he bobbled it twice, too. And I was, and Tom, you and I were watching the game, and I was like, he's lucky he didn't get smacked. And the first time he gets smacked, I'm super interested to see what happened if, what how he takes his first hit, because he only played basketball in high school and college. He just started playing football, just, uh, He's got the great size. He's got athleticism. Give him that. But can he take a hit? Can his is his body going to be able to hold up to the wear and tear of playing tight end in the National Football League? That's my biggest question mark. And like I said, he's still a great story. It's it's interesting. I mean, he, right mm-hmm. now he's listed as the fourth tight end on the depth chart. So not even a guarantee that he even makes the final roster. Um, but it, it's something. He, something he to might watch. have a shot. I mean, he might but have. If he blocks be, well, it, yeah. Practice squad?
0: On the practice squad. I, I I wouldn't. I think he'd get snatched up. He's too. He's got too much potential. Correct. I think he's he's like the ultimate flyer. Well, he, we most likely. What what surprised me and amazed me the most? What I was so happy about was his blocking. Like I sat there yeah. and walked, I was he blocked the shit out of these people? Like a dn he put that dude in his place.
2: Yeah. Well, they're they're There's hoping no Tim Tebow
0: that we
1: have another out there, though.
2: Yeah, we have another Antonio Gates on our hands, our Julius Thomas, and other former basketball players that converted to tight end, and somehow this translates. And I mean, he has tested athletically, he is off the charts.
0: He's the best ever, actually. Mm -hmm.
1: I said he wasn't blocking like Tim Tebow was, though.
2: No, no, definitely not. And not to mention, well, the thing is, you could theoretically keep him because we no longer have a fullback. Sorry, Greg. Um, God, so Damn it. <laughs>
1: does he play special? Has he gotten any reps? Does he like do yeah? Punt he, coverage? He's on
2: he's on punt duties. Good.
1: I mean, because if, he, if he's got speed athleticism flying down the field, I mean, mm-hmm. that's all you need on punt coverage. Yeah.
2: Um, another guy that I, I wrote down the last guy that stood out, and this was who I'm rooting for right off the bat. And I, I admit I'm biased because I always root for the local guys, and that was Chase Young's former teammate, high school teammate childhood friend, and that's Jarrett Patterson. Patterson or Peterson?
1: Patterson. 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 Jarrett Patterson. Jarrett to Patterson. One R, one T. Patterson. Two T's in the last name. Yeah, um, n- he looked great. And I think, Tom, you said this when we were watching the game, like so, so good on Peyton, Car- Peyton Barber. Just so. Yeah, I'm, um, I'm, I'm good. So good with good. him. And Jared Patterson can take that position and, you know, if we just need that third running back to fall forward for two yards, make let it be Patterson. So I'm so okay with on, on I'm so good on Peyton Barber on this Bye. roster. Goodbye. His,
2: I mean, like rounder fraction has been of the very, very complimentary of Patterson too. That um, I mean, one you're looking at this was the most pro- arguably the most productive running back last season, or maybe one of the most productive running backs ever. I think he had an eight touchdown game last season. Yep. Um. Yep. And Ron Rivera has been incredibly complimentary of him, comparing him to Darren Sproles. They're they're actually been trying him out on punt return duties this week too. I mean, he not only really shows that he could have a potential role and um, be used in a variety of ways, but like this is a guy that you know my my stance on Peyton Barber. I understand what his role was last season. Like you're the short yardage guy. You know you're going to have to fit through a really tight window in goal line situations, and he was good at that specifically. But if you remember. When Antonio Gibson got hurt last season, went down. Our offense just had absolutely no shot whatsoever because Peyton Barber could not do what he could do, and neither could J D. McKissick. But we are already well enough. We are well aware of what J D. McKissick is on this roster to do,
1: which made that um, win in Pittsburgh all the more impressive when he yeah. went down in the first quarter.
2: Yeah, you know the thing is with Jarrett Patterson, he's as opposed to Peyton Barber. If that's who we're comparing it to, and I think the fact that Lamar Miller was already released this week is showing the, the, the organization's faith in him is for half the price and for a lot, for 21 years old and a guy that can be on multiple roles on special teams and, um, you know, be used, um, you know, situationally, especially if he is like a Darren Sproles type. I mean, yes, great. Yeah, you're on the team. You've made it. Sold. And
0: the fact that they, they utilize him so much in that first preseason game, Mm-hmm. those of you all you need to know it's like, yeah there's no way they're going to showcase him that much to then put him on the, the practice squad
2: there there was a move in which he i think he was immediately caught in the backfield by the defensive end and he juked him and got like a nine-yard gain and yeah. i think danny said this on the radio on monday i mean today he's like yeah peyton barber can't do that oh, so that's what i was gonna have say that. i
1: was gonna say if, yeah. if he if he's gonna fill the Peyton Barber role, he just brings in so much more versatility than Peyton. Barber. like, like you said, he, Barber was very situational. Elijah. You knew when he was on the yeah. field, he was getting the ball up the middle, and it's gonna be yeah. more... not, Patterson not can to do man- that obviously because he had eight touchdowns in one game. He also can catch the ball, and, and you know, you can throw him out in the flat and whatever. He just brings way more versatility and athleticism than Peyton Barber. Yeah.
2: Not to mention, um, the Washington made it a. They were easing Antonio Gibson into this role. I, I have to imagine, you know, the, the training wheels are off now for Gibson, so he can be used in goal line situations moving forward, or at least he should be used in that um, in that role this season, hopefully.
1: Yeah, and JD McKissick can do the same thing. I mean, they've got they've essentially got if 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 Patterson makes the team over Barbara Basically, looking at three running backs that can essentially all do this. Is this, I don't know if this is gonna make sense, but it makes sense in my head. They can all do the same thing just in different ways.
2: Yeah, that's fair. Uh, I mean, I that maybe JD McKissick's more of like a one trick pony where he's just used primarily as a pass catcher, even though in the rare times he did receive a carry inside, inside the tackles, like he wasn't bad.
1: Yeah, he's not totally. He in really yeah. I mean, we definitely True. want – Gibson's definitely going to get more of those types of carries, but when he needs a breather, McKissick can still fill that role. Looks mm-hmm. like Patterson is comfortable filling that role. Mm-hmm. Um, I would just – I just like the speed – like I said, you mentioned that move he made, the speed and athleticism and the versatility that he brings. I would want – I want three guys like that instead of two guys and then a, a Peyton Barber who I know is going to carry the ball up the middle every single time they sure. he's on the field.
0: I want no, uh, I love
2: Jared Patterson. Oh, yes, please. And it, I, I think it's cool that um, when, how can you not root for the undrafted guy, the undrafted local guy that grew up a fan of the team and a close friend to our best player and our face of the franchise? Yes.
0: When they asked Chase, you he guys, goes, he goes, you guys have just seen it now. I've known this. It's
2: yeah. Did he say that? I didn't know. That's awesome. Yeah. And yeah. I know he, he lobbied for them
0: to sign him. Okay. How Jared did. He's like, I'm not surprised because you guys are just seeing it for the first time. I've, never,
1: I've always known. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, He's that's quite a vote support.
2: of confidence, if anything.
1: This Twitter picture, too, is like him as a little kid wearing his buoy football jersey. It's like the cutest fucking thing.
2: Who, <laughs> hey, Jared?
1: Yeah. Oh, that looks
2: awesome. So, on the other hand, there were some those that I, I certainly had concerns with.
1: What the fuck is wrong with Tress Way?
2: Yeah, that's num- uh, Tress Way.
1: No, sorry, Dustin Hopkins. I was,
0: okay, I was about to come at your face. <laughs> Tress, we- you come out the
1: Tress Way is perfect in every single way. My bad. Dustin Hopkins <laughs> is the complete opposite. What is Hopkins? What, is, what are we doing here? Why are we missing ch- gimmies in a preseason game? That's all All you have to do. Why are we having a k- kicking conversation right now?
0: I will say 40 yards is not a gimme. He for made for a him, look. it should be. He's not yeah, a rookie. You should, should have made both of them, but he's dusting all the cobwebs. All right, I know I'm the minority here. I'm a Dustin Hopkins believer. I, I mean, I, the fact that he there was no one
2: brought in for competition obviously shows the confidence that the organization has in him. Right. But I mean. Having someone to compete against him, I, I think, was warranted because he didn't have a good season last year. No, he didn't. He, he ended it okay where he, I think he made like 15 of his last 17 or something along those lines. But, I mean, it's it's pretty simple for a kicker. It's got to be everything 50 yards and in is, has got to go in.
0: 45 and in. 40, you'll
2: you go 45? Okay. I remember on Hard Knocks one year,
0: they said anything.
1: Yeah. This is why you pay Nick Sunberg. No, Nick Full. <laughs> no, best long snapper in the league. We just let him walk.
2: We did, All we right. did.
1: Um, well, Ron was saying it's like a whole thing. Like it's, I, on on film for us, it looks like everything was fine. He just missed it. But Ron after the after the game said that there's a timing issue, like between him, the Hopkins holding it, and the long snapper. Oh,
0: really? Okay, I
2: didn't see that. Well, that's what's pre—that's what preseason's for, True. I suppose. So if Ian's
1: right and he's just shaking out the cobwebs, then that's fine. I just, I—we should not. It's preseason game number one. We should not be talking about the kicker, especially a kicker that has proven himself to be pretty reliable. Like I would much rather let's talk more about. Well, let's talk about Jimin Davis. I mean, yeah,
0: yeah. not. It, I was talking my dad about well.
1: that. I mean, I didn't notice him too much, and I can't tell if it's a good thing or a bad thing.
0: But we didn't notice him in a bad way.
1: Mm-hmm. That's that's kind of what I mean. Like we, he didn't stand out because he didn't do anything wrong, but he also didn't do anything great. And as a linebacker, is that kind of like, does that mean like the D line just ate up and there wasn't really anything for him to do other than clean up the play, or was it just one of those weird games that he no plays went his way? I mean,
2: sure. I was actually reading Mark Bullock that I think yeah. they're putting him at middle linebacker so he can learn the defense, but then actually put him on weak side they're and put have John. Yeah. yeah, and then have John Bostic go back to be the, the quarterback of this linebacking core, which apparently they did very similarly with Cole Holcomb to get him acclimated with defense. Yeah. So if he's playing out of position so he can learn what he has to do, I understand that. Like,
0: there, there, it's, it, there's, a, there's a scheme behind it all. Because mm-hmm. read the same thing. That's fine. Yeah.
1: You said John Kime wrote that?
0: It might have been Matt or Mark Bullock. Or Mark Bullock. Love Mark Bullock. on was un- un- unbelievably good.
1: Yeah. That's fine. Yeah. I mean, we just talked so much. I mean, he's a, you, you know, you would want to, you know, we saw Chase Young make an impact. I mean, he's not Chase Young, obviously, number two overall pick, but you want your first round pick to be noticeable
0: mm-hmm. in his
1: first preseason game, and he wasn't. And again, but, that, I
0: mean, but do you need that, though? But do you need that? I'm not,
1: I, I would, don't say I you don't, need don't, it. You would like it, though. You would like to I, have.
0: I, I would prefer him to be a sponge. To the Mike linebacker, as opposed to what he's going to be playing the will, I would prefer him to be a sponge and absorb everything that he's just for the the total defense. Yeah. Then what you're going to be doing the, the entire year? It's, it's the first preseason. Yeah. Game. yeah. Like who, who gives you? You're playing two series.
1: No. Yeah. No. I'm. I'm. But and also like you said, like he didn't do. He didn't also do anything bad. It's a completely different topic if we're talking about like, oh man, he looked terrible. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying he just didn't stick out. He didn't stick out too much either way, and that's what I'm, that's my question. I don't know the answer. Is it does that? Mm-hmm. Is that a good or bad thing? Like it's it, it might be a good thing because, like you said, I mean, I didn't realize that he was out of position and, and now learning, which makes a lot more sense. Um, and but maybe the front four just dominated so much that he had very little to do. And if that's gonna be the script for this year, good for Jamin Davis. I mean, he's gonna have an easy season. <laughs> So but I'm just saying, the, like you know, the, we, we talked about it, like too. He might not have to do too much behind this defensive line in a good way. Yeah. So as long as he's you know, not fucking everything up, I mean, that's he's a good going thing. to be
2: put in position to succeed regardless with who's playing in front of him. Right. So you know, we don't like, you know, it's unfair to him that to think, okay, you got a, a first round pick who's a linebacker and a Ron Rivera coached coach team. Oh, he's the next Luke Kuechly. That's not fair. Luke Kuechly is probably a Hall of Famer, yeah. and you know we're not asking him to lead the NFL in tackles and do everything that Luke Kuechly did throughout his career. Just be you know, be good at what you do, and you're going to be put in positions to succeed. Make, and make use that, that athleticism. You. That's one of the reasons why he was drafted where he was, was because of his athleticism, similar to Sammy Reyes and a few other guys we've drafted, was just off the charts. And so when you have a good athlete like that, they just need to be coached up.
1: I was just saying, like, you would like to. It would be nice to Mm -hmm. see your first-round pick make Mm -hmm. a play. Now, it's the first one. So, you know, if he comes out the next game and makes, like, two or three plays, no harm, no foul. We're moving on, and that's great. Mm -hmm. It would have been nice (laughs) to be like, oh, because, like, I can't think of it would be nice to talk about. Oh, did you see that one time where Davis plugged the hole and made the tackle? Like, really? Yeah. That it would be nice to talk about that, but it didn't happen. And like, that's not necessarily a bad thing. It's just an interesting thing worth talking about.
0: Yeah, you're, you're right. And it, and it was disappointing. I remember watching the game and I was like, because he was the person I was most excited. To Me too. Watch. <laughs> I was, and it, and it didn't produce. Yeah. Then I like, what just Tom, Tom said is it. I read Mark Bullock's and I was like it makes so much sense. And we're so eager to want instant gratification. Yeah. Immediately. <laughs> First round pick, deliver for me. Yeah. yeah.
1: Again, not I, I agree, Tom put it the right way. Like we, we don't need him to be Luke Keekly. we it'd be great if he was, but like that's Wouldn't way that too awesome. much that's way yeah. too much pressure for a young guy like him. Like but uh, yeah, I mean, you know, that's something to look out for on uh, where they play Friday night. Yeah, Friday against yeah. the against the Bengals. You know, yeah. you know he'll probably play a couple. More, he'll probably play the whole first quarter, maybe a little mm-hmm. more to the second quarter, and then we'll see if he can make a play there. But like you know, yeah. what what linebacker, what first round linebacker wouldn't want to play behind this D line, right? So it's like yeah. he's in a perfect position to succeed, and you know, it, like the quote that. Uh, I've seen Chase Young State make a lot, you know, you know be where your feet are. You know, if, he, if he's just where he's supposed to be and he makes the play, that's all that's all we're asking for. Okay. So
2: the last thing I want to bring up, which kind of leads me to or the next topic, which when I wrote in like plan B options, because it's really important for every team, especially a football team, because injuries are, are just inevitable in a sport like this. Is that you need it like, okay, if player A goes down with an injury, who's the next man up? And I understand when you were seven and nine last year in the in the world's worst division ever, and you've been really, 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 really freaking bad over the past, you know, three or four years, we're not gonna have every problem solved in just our second year in the Ron Rivera era, especially now that we have another new G another decision maker or GM, if we're finally calling him that, um, in place. So I understand that not everything is going to be solved. That is not realistic. My concern, and I wrote it down, okay, we love Chase. If he's himself and he's healthy, you're looking at an all-pro level player most likely. Um, frankly, I think the same thing can be said about Montez Sweat, as long as he is also healthy. Um, where I thought it was really important for this team to bring back Ryan Kerrigan as a you know sixth man type of role because they can't be on, on the field for every single down. So I did not see a single other pass rusher stand out. We've drafted we – we drafted two um, edge rushers in this year's draft in the seventh round, Shaka Toney and William Bradley King. We drafted one last year, James Smith Williams from Boston College, and a guy that we picked off the, um, from the Eagles who drafted um, was Casey Tuhill. Like, basically, you need one of those four late-round picks to hit, just one. None of them showed out at all last night. So, you know what happens if Chase or Montez get hurt? We're a completely different defense without them. That's true. We have no depth at this position without bringing back the Redskins' all-time sack leader. Damn it, Washington. Whatever. But yeah, that's
1: true. And another thing to look out for. I mean, because yeah, we can talk about how great this front four is all the time, but. Fact of the matter is, they're not always going to be out there, and we know yeah. how much depth they have up the middle, but okay. they definitely need it on the outside too. And we saw Chase deal with a couple injuries early last season. I mean, he obviously he finished, missed a game. He, he finished strong. He missed the end of the Bengals or the Browns game too. He missed. I think like a he game missed and one half. game. Um. So, but uh, he obviously finished strong. Defensive player of the year, uh, defensive rookie of the year, yada yada yada. But I mean, it's never a sure thing. So, you know.
2: that That is one of my primary concerns because, I mean, that is, we are, this team is built off of defensive line pressure. Yeah. And if you are, you know, if one of the tackle like if Ionitis gets hurt again or if Deron Payne gets hurt, Jonathan Allen, okay, no problem. Um, Tim Settle, who would probably be starting for the majority of the teams in the NFL. And he will. Yeah, and he, and he will. He's in a contract year. He absolutely will. Like, no problem. Like, we are four deep at interior defensive line. You know, if a linebacker gets hurt, I I like Khaliq Hudson, the draft pick last year out of Michigan. Um, He's a good special teams player and has practiced well in training camp thus far. Okay, someone gets hurt, no problem. Someone at corner gets hurt. Well, Jimmy Moreland played a big role last season. He's the first guy up. If so, same with safety. We have DeShazer Everett that that performed well admirably in in a limited role. So did um, Jeremy Reeves. And then, you know, Landon Collins, I can't believe he has come back so quickly. And, and Cam Curl was, you know, one of the best rookies in the entire draft class last season, despite being a seventh-round pick. So we are deep biggest at – Biggest steal. You know, we're deep at, in the secondary. We're deep at interior defensive line. But I think right now our biggest weaknesses would be edge rusher, you know, tight end. I mean, what happens if Logan Thomas gets hurt?
0: Yeah. John Bates.
2: John Bates. And, you know, while – he's had a good training camp so far and seemed he looked fine at against the Patriots a few days ago, but yeah. I mean, is that who we're going to be, you know, plugging in as our starter and, and it would if need, need.
0: Really yeah,
2: hard. like, you know, and, and then, uh, you know, the biggest turnover overall, like, and especially, okay, quarterback, if Fitz, Fitzie gets hurt or something like I've no problem, Kyle Allen starting. And I have no I have no problem with Heine starting. I mean, you have three guys that play very similarly and um, two, of, two of which, who were on this team last year, are already more than familiar with the offense.
1: Um, I'm all over Heineken. I'm <laughs> um,
2: You know, if you want to talk about a position group that has changed so much, uh, Kelvin Harmon was just released. He had a good rookie season, 30 catches, not bad out of a sixth-round pick, and probably, in my opinion, I think he would have started last year. He would have started over Dontrell Inman. Just yep. think about the turnover we've had at wide receiver. We went from Dontrell Inman and Steven Sims to Curtis Samuel, Deami Brown, and Adam Humphreys. Mm-hmm. And now, so we are, I mean, locks at the wide receiving group. And I really thought, I mean, yeah, I hope Kevin Harman gets picked up at somewhere because I think he, he's – his game plays as long he'll as he's healthy. Get, he'll get picked up. Yeah. Um, so, obviously, Terry and Curtis are locks. Adam Humphries is a lock. De'Ami Brown's a lock. Cam Sims is a lock after what he did last season. Um, and then that leaves maybe – most likely you'll, you'll carry six wide receivers going into the season. So, now you have a log jam between maybe seven, between – A.G. Antonio Gandy-Golden, um, Steven Sims. What is the other guy, Robert Roberts? Isaiah Wright? Isaiah, I, I doubt he'll make it. Um, Carter? Oh, Dax, Dax Milne, oh, or Dax Milne, Milne the, yeah. who actually they also really like. Um,
0: he, he, he's a special teamer, too.
2: You you better not put him on the practice squad, because you know Bill Belichick's going to scoop him up real quick.
0: Uh, white wide receiver?
2: Game over. Yep. Yeah. And um, the um, return specialist from the Texans that we signed—I um, can't remember his.
1: Tony Brown, name. DeAndre Carter.
2: DeAndre Carter, that's him.
1: That's what I'm looking, I'm looking at the. He's field.
2: primarily as known as return specialist, which we need to figure who is going to do that. So basically, you have a four-person race for at the most two positions, two open two spots. spots. Yeah. Uh, most. So, with the release of Kelvin Harmon, I mean, frankly, I probably would have cut Gandy Golden over him, but um, they are once again taking potential over... you are both your guys. I know. Um, I mean, they're not ready to give up on Gandy Golden thus yet, um, so far. And he's a fourth-round pick. You shouldn't... You shouldn't have to do that yet.
1: Yeah. Only year two, too. He, he played a... He made a couple of nice catches in the second half. Gandy, EGG.
0: Yeah. Any of the, the the touchdown catch that wasn't a touchdown? Which was a touchdown catch? I don't understand.
1: Oh, the two point conversion.
0: Oh yeah 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 thank
1: you. Yeah, that that they they never explained that Antonio, Antonio uh-huh. Gandy
2: Golden did not have a catch. He had one target, which, as we now know, was not ruled a touchdown or
1: a conversion. Oh, that's bull crap. But yeah. I mean, back to the original topic. Yeah, I mean, the turnover for the receiver. I mean, I think obviously signing Curtis Samuel helps. Terry going from a special teamer to basically a pro bowler in a couple of years obviously changes everything. Mm -hmm. You know, they found a diamond in the rough right there. You know, no one got passed on because everyone thought he was too small and he was only special teamers, and now he's one of the best, if not one of the best receivers in the division and probably, you know, one of our biggest weapons offensively, if not the biggest one, him and um, Antonio Gibson now. So that, you know, always talk about drafting well. That drafting Terry McLaurin obviously helps a lot. When you hit on a guy like that, that's an easy way to flip over a bad group.
2: Yeah, I'm I'm curious how they're going to pencil, like, work De'Ami Brown into this offense. Because, you know, Terry McLaurin was given starter reps because there was no one good on this team at the time. Like, and I know De'Ami Brown, everyone loves him. I mean, that was my favorite pick um, from this past spring, but he's not going to start over Terry and Curtis. And then I feel like Adam Humphreys' role in that slot is pretty solid. Him and Fitzy have – I mean, they were once teammates and have really good chemistry so far.
0: Yeah, he caught 60 balls with him. Yep. He's going to catch 60-plus easily. Easily. I can't wait. This – this wide receiver, people keep on talking about how shitty our offense is. It's going to surprise a lot of people. I hope so. It's going to surprise a lot of people. It has to. The only
1: but, the only hindrance is going to be the offensive line. I mean. Which
2: you could yeah. say has been upgraded. Well Upgraded.
1: Will Sam Cosme hold up?
2: Not sure. Well, They're Cornelius out. Lucas, our left tackle last season, is supposed to be the starter. He was on the COVID list. So he was supposed to be the right tackle. And then Charles Leno was considered to be an upgrade. And then they brought back Eric Flowers, who's most likely not even going to start. And then uh, Brandon Sheriff is coming off his first all pro season. So, you know, I, if I think it's been upgraded, but at the minimum it's at the same rate it was last year and offensive line wasn't the problem. It was the four quarterback play. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the 32nd ranked quarterback play. I mean, it was awful. So.
1: Speaking of if, which, we know, got the full Fitzmagic experience on Thursday yeah. night. I feel like he made like two – I missed the first drive, but I feel like he made two really good throws and two really bad throws. Yeah.
2: I You know, I, I wrote down just generally speaking, guys, like what will be needed to win the division. And, you know, someone that's not a Redskins – damn it, it's not a Washington fan asked me that like a few days ago. I was like, it's pretty simple. I was like, if Fitzy can be the 16th rated quarterback, we probably win the division. Yeah. If you're just middle of the road, just sixteenth, middle of the road, we probably we will win more games than we will lose. Correct. Barring injuries. But yes.
1: If he's throwing more touchdowns than he is turning the ball over.
2: If he's throwing it like more touchdowns at a two to one rate, like
1: Yeah. If he's got twenty touchdowns to ten picks, take that every single
0: time.
2: Yes. He's Here's probably gonna throw more the- than that.
0: Record always goes with the defense. Where the defense is ranked. It's there. If if the defense is ranked in the bottom fifteen, it's a losing record. If it's ranked in the top, then it's closer to five hundred or above. And now he's playing his best football that he's ever played.
1: He's also Mm -hmm. this also might be one of his most weapons he's ever had.
0: Correct. My Mm -hmm. next now this is the most weapons he's had. We're a four-one-four-two
1: speed team. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree with you, Tom, and I think that also, obviously, things like health plays a huge part in it as well. Yeah, um,
2: yeah. You no, know, it's just kind of frustrating this week, though. Like watching, and I remember Danny said this at the time. He goes, "Just letting everyone know that if Justin Fields turns out to be legit, I am going to be insufferable." And he's right. And I think just the, the biggest concern is. Maybe not in the immediacy what's wrong with, with Fitzy is that we do not have a long term plan at quarterback and with where our talent level is now, we're not going to be able to be in position to draft one next season. Yeah. So and then by the way, you know, um franchise building quarterbacks do not hit the free agent market. So
1: you do if you're Kirk yeah. Cousins. Yeah. You do if you play here.
0: And for Fields, all it took was a
2: fourth-round pick and uh, next year's first. First,
1: no. Which would have been,
2: ideally... It's,
0: a, it's an unknown.
2: It's Yeah, I mean, it's, it's an it's an inexact science, and I understand that. It's just, um, Damon, it, I really wanted him. Um,
0: I know feel <laughs> You and I both, all three of us wanted Wait, you no,
1: know, mm-hmm. but did you
0: want him? Uh, no. No, I was, wanted him. Nice. I didn't want
1: that. I think I said I did, really did not want them to trade up into the top ten. If they wanted to trade up to like fifteen or fourteen to get, which is where he fell, I wouldn't have been. I wouldn't have yeah. been as upset. I think I would have been okay with it. Probably would have been. But I, I was very. I've always been content with. Even though this is proving out to be a great quarterback class, but I was very content with riding with Fitzy this year. Heine is the backup, and seeing where it takes us and building the defense, but. That's obviously a pass, and you know it's kind of. Funny. I was at my parents' house Saturday afternoon, and I think my dad and I watched um, Justin Fields' first two drives, and he did not look good. He looked bad, mm-hmm. and so I left. I came back home, and I from the time I left my parents to the time I got home, I think it was they had gone to halftime and came out of the second half, and he had two touchdowns. <laughs> it's like ah shit,
2: oh, damn it. So, I mean, I no. know he
1: finished strong, but like you said, it's not a sure thing. And, you know, it's his first NFL game, so maybe get shaking off a little rust, some nerves. But he didn't look great his first two drives, but he finished that outing strong. He
0: looked good afterwards.
2: Is there, is there anything else do you think that's needed? Because another thing that we got to think about is that we are now playing a first place schedule.
1: Yeah, the schedule is brutal. I mean, how about this? Can we beat the we fucking are- Giants one time? Okay.
0: That's all I want. That's all I want. No,
2: the answer is no.
1: If we beat the Giants one time, maybe it will be easier to win the division.
2: Eh, that seems tough.
1: And, of course, we played them the first time Thursday night, week two, at home. That's an automatic loss every single time.
2: Why Why we can't beat Daniel Jones
0: is just...
1: And he they're a disaster.
0: Wins in his, five wins in his career. Four of them... <laughs> against us. Come across us.
1: It's, it's just a show. Also, the Giants are a disaster right now. They got into an all out brawl on like the second day of camp. They have no offensive line. We should destroy them. If we don't destroy them week two, I'm going be, to be, I'm going to take a word out of Daniel. I'm going to be insufferable. I'm going to be so mad at everybody. <laughs> that Friday is not going to be a fun Friday if we lose that game. For, you know,
2: for we're, we boys. are not favored. Um, we are underdogs in our home opener against the Chargers.
1: That kind of checks out.
2: Actually, like they are, like so. If because it says Chargers minus one, so we, like you have actually a four-point spread for that because they're giving us three points for being the home team.
1: Herbie, that's a Herbie factor. Interesting. Is the Chargers Um, defense any good? No, right? They weren't.
2: I don't think so. Unless Derwin James is healthy again. Um, I think. Look better. What else? What else would be needed, you know, in order for, I mean, we haven't won, we haven't had back-to-back playoff seasons since the 90s, early, early nineties, like the 91, 92 team. So, I mean, you, you were looking up on almost 30 years of not being able to do this once Redskins, God damn
1: it. Well, that's the other thing too. It's not just us. Like no one wins this division back-to-back anymore. I don't think the last back-to-back winners were probably like like the Eagles in the early 2000s, mid 2000s, like who no one's won this division 2 years in a row in a very long time. So we're probably not the favorite. I mean, it sounds so simple and easy, but really because like you mentioned we we do a play a first place schedule. You got to beat the teams that were better than mm-hmm. um, this you mentioned the spread against We I mean, the Chargers they they might be a fringe playoff team. I don't know. You should beat the Chargers at home to start I would the like season. To think so I think the Giants are going to be a disaster.
2: Bobby, I have really bad news for you with the Week One game. It's at your favorite time,
1: Sundays at one. Put on CBS. It's on CBS. Yeah, I know. because AFC team, and we're gonna get you know like the D squad for their announcers. Yup. Yeah, that's yep. not going to be fun to watch. But anyways, beat the team. Like, you're not going to beat the Bills, but you should beat the Falcons. The Falcons are going to be bad this year. You're not going to mm-hmm. probably beat the Saints. probably not going to beat the Chiefs or the Packers. At Denver, should probably beat Denver. Yeah. Rematch against Tampa Bay, probably nope. also. At Carolina, we Win. should probably beat Carolina. Seattle, probably not. I, that's a Monday I would night say coin
2: flip, but then it's Monday night, so we already know
1: what that means. At home, too. Um... At the Raiders, I don't know what the Raiders are going to be this year. I, I would like to think that the, the Wolf can beat them, but they're such a coin flip. Mm-hmm. The other tricky thing is that our back end of the schedule, I mean, it's all division. You end yeah, the season. Five straight. Yep. Cowboys, Eagles, Cowboys, Eagles, Giants.
2: Cowboys, Eagles. That's going to be wow. fun
1: for us. That's
2: going to be so incredible. Five straight stressful. division
1: games to end the season.
2: Oh my God.
1: I mean, should be the Eagles. I think the Eagles are they're not there yet. I don't know how much I would have faith in Hurts. I Cowboys are. I mean, if Dak is healthy, then yeah, they're mm-hmm. probably the division favorite. But I mean, who knows how? I mean, he hasn't even like participated in like actual scrimmages yet. I don't think. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, beat the teams you're supposed to be, and then you're gonna have to pull off a couple of upsets. You know, win win yeah. within the division you know you can't get swept by the giants and almost
2: almost every single time we've gone to the playoffs at the minimum we have finished 500 of the division
1: yeah i mean the giants i think are, the giants and the eagles are going to be fighting for last place you can't get swept by either of them you got to at very minimum split and you should sweep one of them at least yeah if you go 3 and 3 4 and 2 in the division that's mm-hmm. a good start and then you're going like, to have uh, you might have to beat someone you're not supposed to like like New Orleans or or Tampa Bay. Sure.
2: I, I think, and by the way, Dallas is still favored to win this division, and I understand their offense is better than ours. But, you know, you're looking at an offense versus defense situation, and, you know, our defense is categorically better than theirs, where I, I will begrudgingly admit Dallas's offense is certainly better, but not by, like, a you know, a landslide.
1: It's just still a huge question mark. You're not, you're not, mm-hmm. not going to know. Mm-hmm. I mean, we okay. won't we won't know until Dak plays a game.
0: Yeah, and then what happens if he gets injured? <laughs> they don't.
1: Yeah. They don't even have Dalton anymore. Who's their backup now?
0: Ben Denucci. Denucci. knows? Italians can't play football. Nope.
1: not that. Not this kind of football. No, fair. And porter <laughs> And <Porter's gone. laughs> Yeah. Was it the Italian. Didn't even say goodbye. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> um.
2: So then. Okay. Now that with two weeks left in the preseason, I mean, is there anyone in particular that you guys are looking out for? I mean, I mean, obviously I know priority number one would be, or, or two things is execution and staying healthy. And I would say staying healthy being a larger concern. Just um, oh, Chase Young. Yeah, I'm good. You, you, you get a clip clipboard, clipboard. Don't even put your shoulder pads on. I know you're not going to be happy to hear that, but
0: Nope, I'm good. You've done enough.
1: You did enough on one play, yep. the strip fumble no, against good. Cam.
0: So the first third down of the entire season,
1: like just, just get ready for, go after, go out, get ready for Justin Herbert, please, please and thank you. Um, I, so my issue, another takeaway that I didn't bring up from the first game, and which I'm looking forward to seeing in the next two games is, it seemed like the offense had a, was really able to move the ball, but not mm-hmm. finish off drives. It kind of falls underneath your execution point, Tom. Mm -hmm. I need them to finish off a couple of drives. So I, because remember
2: we didn't score. We went seventeen weeks until we scored on the first drive of this of the game. That's fun. Seventeen. It took week seventeen against the Eagles.
1: I'm not even talking about. Doesn't have to be the like, but I. I guess with limited action, they're going to see over the next two games. But you know. They move the ball like, and that's what I'm saying. Like, Fitzpatrick looks confident and comfortable in the offense, and he's got the weapons on the outside. He's obviously got a connection to Humphreys. All the reports from training camp is that he has he loves Logan Thomas. You know, uh, <laughs> Gibson's you know made a nice couple moves in the backfield to get some good yardage. Move the ball, great, but also you got to finish. Like, I would like the starting offense to score a couple touchdowns before we get to week one.
2: Sounds good. Please. Thank you. Um, all right. Ready to move on to baseball, Bob? Yeah. Yeah. All right. So um, it has been a, a tough season for nationals and Orioles fans alike. Um, if anything, the, the straw that broke the camel's back was in fact, the Orioles sweeping the nationals, which then led to an ultimate ultimate. I mean, frankly, I don't think I've ever seen a fire sale of this magnitude. Um, and you know it, it was bittersweet um i said this you know back in may which you know is was typical tom but you know we need to sell and we were in 2019 after the world series we we're the oldest team in baseball we we're one of the most expensive teams in baseball and um we had a margin marginalized 2020 season and um half of a 2021 season too of a sample size proving that this team needs to start over um as painful it is as it is to see Max Scherzer in another jersey and another uniform, I mean, I, I understand, and frankly, it should have happened. Josh Harrison, John Gomes, Daniel Hudson—I mean, all, all these players that we've grown to to love here in, in DC—I I, I understand. And and the only part that I I just am furious about it is Trey Turner. I I just I just very much disagree. And, and Bobby, I think you put it you said it best when we were talking about it via text where, you know, I am not necessarily mad that we didn't give Trey Turner a $300 million extension this season. I, I'm more mad that we, it, we got to this point and then we just lost another premier position player for the third out of three out of the past four years. And, um, you know, I thought all of these, like not signing Bryce, not signing Rendon was all justification to sign Trey Turner, who's in the prime of his career. And has many years to come as an all-star caliber shortstop. Um, that is a very, very tough pill to swallow. And um, you know, on one end, I'm, I'm furious that the learners do not prioritize position players. At the same time, I mean, we just won a World Series. We just stay competitive for ten straight years. Just about like, you know, I, I'm, I'm grateful for the, the memories that I have experienced in. What was a very very long time, but I guess both, but all all of which can be true.
1: Yeah, I I think you know it wasn't so. All in all, they make six trades. They're able to move eight players, seven of which are on expiring contracts, and that's yep. what you want. That's that's yep. that's the move. Um, and you got twelve prospects in return, so you got twelve for eight. Now, the one guy not on expiring contract was Trey Turner, and I said. I wasn't upset with the final decision to trade him because I think at this point it was the right move. I I was more upset as a fan of the process that led us to this point. Mm-hmm. You should have re- you should have extended him years ago. De- definitely, like at li- at the very latest after the World Series, mm-hmm. before he had an all star camp all star caliber campaign last year. I know in a shortened season, but he was one of the best players in baseball last year. He was, yep. He made his first all-star team this year. I mean, he's putting up career numbers over his last, you know, collectively 162 games. Like, especially over the course of a season. He's one of the best shortstops in the game, maybe only second to Tatis. Yep. Um,
2: and so, then you could even say his numbers are better than Tatis'. yes. Yeah, I
1: mean, and, and he's played more games because Tatis' has been hurt, and he hasn't been hurt yep. as much as Fernando Tatis Jr. has. So, um, yeah, it's more so the process. And like you said, he's uh, – I mean, technically they traded for him. Um, he was the player to be named later in the Joe Ross trade. Yeah. Um, but by all accounts and purposes, he was a homegrown guy. You know, as a minor league guy, the, I, yeah, you've got it, – it's just this repeating pattern. Um, the, like you said, you know – don't pay Bryce Harper. Okay, well, then you should pay Anthony Rendon. Well, you're not going to pay Anthony Rendon. Okay, well, you're going to pay Trey Turner. Oh, you're not going to pay Trey Turner either? Well, what in the world would give me any yeah. hope that you're going to do it for Juan Soto in three years? Yeah. Yeah. And they Matt. can say and save face all they want. I got to be careful what I say here because my employment, yeah. but they can say, oh, you know, he's our priority. We're we hope to make him, you know, a, a national for life. Yada, yada. They can say that all they want. I'll believe it when I see it because you haven't done it for your past three superstars. Home. the last
2: position player you paid for was Jason Worth.
1: Like, yeah. or even Ryan Zimmerman.
2: Yeah, no, yeah, Zim's extension came around the same time. So yeah, like that's that's ten years. That's ten years ago.
0: Zim doesn't count.
2: Zim doesn't count. Yeah.
1: Well, Zim, but no, in in this sense, you know, Jason Worth was a free agent signing. Zim was a home. He's the only homegrown guy that has gotten an extension.
2: Mm-hmm. Literally, that's
1: a, that's insane. And, and in terms yeah, of a position player, he's and you can even go the further
2: back one. where you know Ian Desmond wasn't resigned, Wilson Ramos wasn't
1: resigned. Ian um, Desmond turned down an offer though. That's why he did he bet on himself down. and he lost. But that's yeah. slightly different because they did try to resign him and he said he no. Yeah, he, they did try to resign him and he said no. So that's yeah. not Ian, entirely Ian, on them. Ian
2: Desmond pulled a Dennis Schroeder before Dennis Schroeder Correct. Oh, that sucks. <laughs> um, you know, at, at the same time, we probably wouldn't have gotten the same return had we. Not, I mean, definitely wouldn't have gotten the same return had we not included Trey Turner in that deal. And you know, I just a lot of season ticket holders were calling in that next morning, furious, and only furious about one thing, and that was Trey. And um,
0: everybody knew, Max, that was that was a done deal. It should have yep. happened. It needed to happen. Yep. That was a guarantee. Yep. Four like everybody here knows I'm I'm not a Nats fan. Four prospects for Max Scherzer and Trey Turner. Four. That's nothing. That's nothing.
2: Yeah.
0: Trey Turner is a future MVP candidate. He affects the game in every single aspect outside of pitching. Yep. Every single one.
1: So here's the, t- to that point though, the difference is that you got the top, you got basically the Dodgers' top two prospects in return, and the Dodgers have a great farm system, and now they're your top two prospects and are essentially major league ready. Josiah Gray is already up and has made three starts. Uh, Keybert Ruiz good? will be up at some point in September, um, and they also added depth into a position where they have very little at, at catcher, and now they have their catcher of the future, presumably. And I know if four doesn't seem like a lot. But think back to the Manny Machado trade with the Dodgers. They got four – the Orioles got four or five players back for Manny alone, but none of those guys from that trade have made the major leagues yet.
0: <laughs> but, that, but that's exactly my point, though. That's exactly my point. So you're getting nothing. You, there's no guarantee in anything. Right, but, but I'm saying they, they
1: got less – they, got, pro, they got, one
0: from the Machado trade, maybe one.
1: The only the, the the one name from the Machado trade is Yusniel Diaz, and he hasn't even reached Triple A yet. Oops,
2: oh, something unplugged.
1: I got you. I couldn't hear you. What was the last okay. part Ian? Sorry.
0: Yep, there it
1: is. Um, so that's why and that's you know they got higher level that's why they got less prospects back because they got higher level guys and Max's expiring contract now what what they're that's what they're paying for is a basically another year of trade turner yeah well, I
0: mean, so man, man is, was was expiring too right it was half a year left on it yeah he
1: was um he was 18 um because he yeah then, he was in
2: a he was in a contract year it was yeah. a two month rental for, yeah
1: and then he, he signed with five
2: prospects
0: for Manny Machado as opposed to four prospects
1: for Scherzer and Trey
0: Scherzer and Turner
1: I also think I mean that Manny trade was hold on, I'm pulling it up right now in 2018 so that was three years ago and I think prospects are dude viewed very differently now I mean right. it's only a three year difference which is crazy. Mm-hmm. Right? That's a whole other conversation about how base, you know, how baseball works.
0: One hundred percent, no better.
1: Okay, so so the Orioles got Dean Kramer back in that trade too. So Dean Kramer has made the major league roster. He's made sixteen starts, Um, so that's significant. He hasn't done very good. He's zero and seven with a seven two five ERA on the major leagues. Um, But the other big name in that trade for was Eustieno Diaz, and he hasn't even pitched or played. He's an outfielder. He hasn't he just cracked AAA this year for the first time. Yeah.
2: Frankly, I, I would have asked for, like, if you want Trey Turner, then you're getting me Gavin Lux or getting me Zach McKinstry. Like, you're giving me one of those guys that's already in the in the league and that has years of controllability. Sure. Like, I, I what Ian's point is, like, you, sure, you, you got you got some guys that are, are in the future, but more for an MVP, for a guy that's most likely going to have a $300 million contract in, the, in this near future. And you know, for that, then I, I need a guy, not just a, you know, a a chance. Like, I know you need the bodies when you're rebuilding. Um, but I, I I would have expected it to be something more significant. Um,
0: if you're gonna do the chance, then let's fucking throw at least fucking five or six chances at that, not four.
2: Yeah. Well, and I think it would have been more legitimate if Trey was also on a contract year. Um, yes. It's it was- a year and a half.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
2: And, you know, I, I would say it, it's just all of it rubs me the wrong way. And, you know, I I shouldn't complain because we have witnessed what awful owners can do to our favorite teams. We have the worst owner in professional sports and, and Emperor Snyder. And we have an owner for the Wizards that doesn't give a shit about his team. And then Ian's witnessed years of abuse by the Angelos family that also just runs their team terribly so you know comparatively speaking i have the Nats have an ownership group that is willing to spend money on many occasions i mean they had over 500 at one point in 2019 over 500 million dollars just allotted to their starting pitching like that's remarkable like so to say they're cheap is not correct it's just sometimes like their process just doesn't make sense to me and um, between you know backloaded contracts and deferred payments, that's one thing. And you know, some players might like that. Some might prefer otherwise. But um, I, I just I don't understand how you couldn't still rebuild, but have Trey Turner and Juan Soto as your building blocks.
0: So let me ask you this: Who? So the learners are definitely the ones who don't want to pay the position players, right?
2: Yeah, I mean, that's – I imagine Mike Rizzo would would have liked – Is
0: Rizzo just that big of a genius to where he can manufacture a roster without paying? Well, Rizzo definitely
1: values starting starting pitching over everything else.
0: So is it Rizzo, one of the, of the starting pitchers, or is it the learners? I think –
1: I think it's Rizzo. Rizzo starts with the starting pitcher. He goes to the learners because I want to build this team starting with the starting pitchers. But Rizzo's also not a dummy. He knows that he just traded away a all star caliber shortstop and he let Rendon and Harper walk. I think, I have no.
0: I mean, it's been going on for years.
1: I know. So. I mean, I, I think he would more. I think he, if he could, he would have re signed them. I think it's more he goes to the learners. This is what's going to take. And they say, no, I have nothing to back that up, but I have not heard. I have no inside information on that. That's just my gut feeling is that he would, he goes to the learners. He said, here's what we, here's what we're going to need to take to sign these players. And they say, we're not going to go that far.
2: I I just feel like at oftentimes I know what the learners became the learners because of their success in commercial real estate where they saw good deals and, and they treated everything like a, you know, I I guess a real estate transaction. And I feel like too often they're doing, they're applying those same principles to baseball and insurance brought them a lot of success. But you know, where I, my hard line in the sand is if you have a franchise building, all-star caliber MVP caliber shortstop, the, the second, arguably the most important position to have in the sport, you keep them.
1: The other thing like, is too that, is that he is not a Scott Boris guy, so he was would yes. have been open to signing,
2: <laughs> and he didn't want to leave an extension. He wanted, be, he he wanted, wanted
1: he, two years ago.
2: He didn't want to leave, even in this shitty season when we suck. He didn't want to leave, like idiots. Like, and, and, like it's just really, really pisses me off, and like I just I that's going to be a really, really tough pill, tough pill to swallow. Like, I understood, like, the Rendon thing, like, okay, we basically had to choose between Rendon and Strasburg, and we've always prioritized pitching, and I get that. And, you know, that's what happens when you win a championship. Everyone wants to see the benefits of it, and I understand. And, um, you know, unfortunately, Rendon has not been himself ever since he left, nowhere near himself, um, no, no and, neither has, ne- yeah, and neither has Strasburg also, like, I mean, you have two now albatross contracts in Steven Strasburg and Patrick Corbin, who is the worst pitcher in baseball. So um, statistically speaking, he, got
0: you. he literally got you guys. a championship. He did. It's so crazy. He's the winning
2: pitcher in game it. seven. <laughs> yeah, it's it's and actually Ryan Zimmerman came out recently and, and defended him and said, you guys have no idea what he had to do in twenty nineteen.
1: So, yeah, and Dave um, even uh, Dave was asked about that too a couple of days ago, and he said he uh, he doesn't think it's more 2019. He thinks it was more the ramping up for 2020, and then the shutdown, and then having to quickly ramp up for sure. 15 starts like, and then being shut down you know, okay.
2: Overall, despite the the trade trade, I appreciate like what I love about Rizzo generally is well one he gives it to you straight and he doesn't put up with any shit, but two like if you're gonna if you're gonna sell sell. Like just if if you're gonna be bad, like we got we got some AAA outfielder who actually might be able to play from the Cardinals for John Lester, five years of controllability of some some outfielder who's not bad for John Lester who can't do anything this season. So I I mean he sold off
1: everybody. I saw yeah. I mean the fact honestly the fact that they traded John Lester for anything is a miracle. And yeah, I think Elaine Thomas singled in his first at bat. That's his name. He yeah. singled in his first at-bat as a national, and someone was like, well, that was 100% worth it for John Lester. That one yeah. that one single by itself was worth it for John Lester. Yeah. Um, yeah. Went to the Cardinals. I,
0: th- I thought he
2: was retired. No, re- no, he was a really shitty Nats pitcher for half a season. Oh,
0: good for
1: him. Yeah. That was a really shitty pitcher for the Cardinals for the second half of the season. Yep.
0: Tom, welcome so, to the Orioles. <laughs> yep. I
1: think the yep. other most frustrating part for me as a fan putting my fan cap off because like you see you hear things being tossed around like the Nationals don't want to go over the luxury tax they don't we got yada yada because there's a penalty for doing it three years in a row But then you look at teams like the Dodgers and the Yankees and they said luxury tax be damned we're gonna go win a fucking World Series yep and the, the learners are the third richest owners in baseball it's not yep. that they can't do it. They're just choosing they, not to. That's the part that blows my mind. <laughs> and so that's like, a very frustrating. Like, I know it's not my money. And, you know, for us, it's basically monopoly money. Like, we, you know, it's make-believe money for us. And like, Why don't you pay them? But it's like you have the and it's a business, you know, investment for them. I get that. But it's just very frustrating to see that you are supposedly on par in terms of being able to afford this payroll with these other teams and you're just choosing not to while they are choosing to spend and then are having success. Like the Dodgers have made the playoffs for like fucking 15 years in a row. Now I know they've, and they only have one world series to show for it, obviously. So it's not a, it's not a, you know, a guarantee every single year, you know, it's not like the NBA, but it's, you know, I would take the, the ability to do that. Why would you not do that? And they, yeah, They had the worst farm system in baseball. They needed to revamp that desperately. They had the worst farm
2: system in baseball?
1: They had the worst farm system in baseball.
2: They went from, after these trades, they went from 32 to 23. Todd, just just depressing. I'm getting another drink. (laughs)
0: 23 to 32?
1: No, they were the 30th in all of baseball, the lowest ranked farm system, and then now they're 23, I think.
0: Wait, how did they move up?
1: After the trades, I
0: thought you guys. I thought they gave you prospects.
1: Yeah, we have new prospects in the farm system, so that's why we are we have better prospects. So that's why our farm system ranking went higher.
0: Oh, so you're thirty. Uh, I thought you were saying the Dodgers.
1: Oh no, the Dodgers are consistently like in the top ten, top fifteen. Oh,
0: okay. which is just bonkers. I was, very bonkers. I was very, oh, my bad.
1: No, no, no. the Nationals were the thirtieth.
0: From thirtieth to thirty no, third. No, no. yeah, God. And- how Trey
2: Turner slide went viral. And I was like, he did that every time. That's what I
1: said too. I says like, I'm pretty sure he's done that with the Nats. Oh,
0: okay, like that. that was the, that was the sexiest slide I've ever seen.
1: It was very sexy, but I'm pretty sure he's done very similar things with the Nationals. And just never, it's because he was with the yeah, so I, know.
2: I uh, someone, someone, one of my colleagues went up to me last week. And he was like, now there's only one Trey Turner in DC. I'm <laughs> like, I want to cry. Thank you. Um, Now, I actually want to move on to the hardwood. And, Ian, I've wanted to...
1: Hold on real quick. Before we do that, sticking the diamond, Ian, the Orioles have just been under attack lately by the national media for how bad they are at the Major League level. They just lost their 12th in a row. And I think they are approaching the longest losing streak on the road um, in Major League history. But guys like Buster Olney, John Heyman... John Which,
2: Hammond sucks.
1: John Sorry. Hay well, Buster Olney is also surprising because he used to cover the team. He used to
2: I, I like Buster too. That's surprising. They have
1: been destroying the Orioles for how bad they are. And they're saying things like there is no end in sight, they are terrible at the major league level. Why do this? Your thoughts as an Orioles fan. I, love... I think it's all incorrect, by the way.
0: Yeah, em- embrace the suck <laughs>
1: so embrace you can be the suck, good.
0: Right? I have no issues with what's going on right now. We we can lose another 13 in a row. I don't care. They now have
1: the number one overall ranked farm system in some publications. Who does? The Orioles. Say it again. They have, I think in Baseball America, they are the second ranked overall farm system, if not number one.
0: Correct. Say that louder for the people in the back. Say that for...
1: I think MLB Pipeline, they're in top five. I think Fangraphs, they're number one. And I think one publication has them outside the top 10. Other than that, they are almost universally in the, at least in the top five.
0: Well, that one is stupid. They're, they're dumb. They fuck off.
1: And because Wander Franco has graduated from prospect status, they have the number one overall prospect in Adley Rutschman, who just got promoted to AAA. They also have one of, if not the number one ranked pitching prospects in Grayson Rodriguez, who throws gas at double a, I just don't look. What are your thoughts on how long this rebuild is taking? I think people are saying this is year three under Mike Elias and they are about to lose their third Two
0: three, right? Two going on three.
1: This is year three. Yeah. 2019, 2020 was a shortened season. Um, but now, now twenty twenty one, they are about to lose outside. Obviously, not counting last year, but they're about to, I think, have their third straight hundred plus loss season, and that yep. apparently has never been done in the American, American League before.
0: Proceed.
1: They're also on pace right now to have the number two overall
0: pick next year. Correct. Pro- proceed. I am all in on this. If you're going to suck, how many times said this? Then suck. Suck. Yep. Embrace you all fucking in on the live stream. I'm all in. Everybody who keeps on knocking him, it doesn't make sense to me. Baseball is different than any other sport. You can't rebuild and rebuild like that. You can't do
2: it. Not not to mention when you're a small market franchise like the Orioles and you have to compete with you're in the you're in a you're in a division in which the Yankees and Red Sox are going to spend top dollar every single year. So how do you com- how do you compete against a division and in a sport without a salary cap? You have to build that through the ground up, and that's with draft picks and international signings. So it just you have to go through four levels of minor league baseball just to get to the bigs. Like you know, like anyone that has that take, I think is just uh, you know, I-, I think that's an insult to. I mean, insult be, to baseball.
0: Insult, yeah. To- real insult to Mike Elias. It's, it's just all of the above like this.
2: Yeah. You know, you know, it's one thing if all these, these prospects that you mentioned, if they bring, if you bring them up and they're not good, then okay. Yeah. You guess wrong. Sure. Different story, but none of these guys that you're mentioning are even on the team yet.
0: So, but that's why what, what Elias does is it is what his whole game plan is, is you trade away you get a bunch and you fire at the fucking dartboard. You fire at the dartboard, mm-hmm. eyes closed. You know what I mean? Yeah. You, you get a bunch of darts. You throw it them and hope one hits the bullseye. So we'll see what happens. I mean, Adley's going to be a stud. Ad, Adley's Ad, a bullseye. Adley's Adley damn near the bullseye. Like he's he's as close to a guarantee that there is. But all the other ones. That's what you want. Yeah, I was. Just, yeah, I was very
1: surprised. I mean, I get it. Like losing 100 straight never looks good. Um, they. I mean, if uh, if
2: anyone suffers from that, if anyone has a hard time understanding, it's the fan base. Like and, but, it shouldn't be the Buster oldies in the world. Like that. That's like but, John Heyman is is clickbait. I, I think he awful. John. But
1: I think uh, Buster yeah. did a little bit clickbaiting too because he he used he's, he's to cover the team. Like,
0: it was Buster only.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah. So it was. I was kind of surprising. I mean, I and and to Orioles fans' credit, they came out and defended the team. It seems like a majority, if not all, of Birdland is backing up this. They 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 share the same sentiments as you. I do too. As an Orioles fan, like I think they're doing it the right way. Like I would. Yeah, I love the idea that you have the number one farm system and the number one overall prospect, and you're going to pick number two overall again next year. Like, let's fucking go. Like, you're not. What? What's the? What? Who cares if you lose 100 games? You're. Yeah, embrace the suck. Like, if you're gonna, you're not supposed to contend this year anyways. So why bother winning 80 games? Yeah,
0: and like, then also, you want to trade for a Trey Turner? Like, is that, is, that, is that what you want to do? The
1: other thing is that they. I guess another criticism is that they didn't trade any. They didn't have any. Major trades at the deadline. They traded Freddie Galvez back to the Phillies for, I think, some cash and maybe a player. So, but they didn't, they're, again, they're not building a major league roster for competing. So, they didn't really have anyone to trade. Yeah. They weren't so, going to trade know, means. I, I, they weren't going to s- trade Mancini. They weren't going to trade said. So, yeah,
2: I mean, if anything, if you want to be mad at the Orioles losing, you know, another, having another hundred loss season, then be mad at the system that's in place that gives the benefit to, to large markets like the Yankees and like the Red Sox that can just pay their way out of shit like this versus smaller markets that have to do it organically. Like, I mean, it's the, you know, Michael I didn't have a choice because the Angelos aren't signing Garrett Cole to a $350 million contract and, and, you know, so on and so forth. Like it's, I mean, if this is the system that that is in place, then they have to make the best of it, and that is the only way to do that. is a slow, long, painfully, painstakingly long rebuild.
0: It's yeah, I baseball think is and It's the different what it is when it comes to rebuilding. Yeah, you you can't you just can't rebuild it like that. But you just said it takes years, years. Yeah.
1: Now, I yeah. do think it's fair to say that we're coming up to a point where some of these results need to start showing like i
2: i'd, I'd say by next season they it. need that there it needs it, to it be improvement year thing. or two
0: has to start showing something
1: i, I agree i don't think they need to be competitive or even like i don't think they should be contending for the playoffs next year but you can't be losing 100 games next year
2: no, no. Agreed.
1: agree they, they they need to aim
2: i would aim in the 70s yeah Let's say that's a good season. And then the year after
1: that, that might be the year you might have to be saying, like, we're we're competitive and we're going to try to make a, a playoff. Yeah, there.
2: And, and not to mention, then once you have these young guys that are ready, then that's when you can supplement the free agency market. And that's when you can use some of those trades. I mean, it's not just homegrown players that get you to where you want to be. It's them plus free agent market plus the trade market. You know, it, it's it's a bunch of shit at the dark board as Ian mentioned earlier. Yeah. So, um, cool. You guys ready to talk hoops? Last one. Yeah. Ian, I have long wanted to talk to you about this. Um, and you have just said the, the trust in the, in, um, Mike Elias's process. Yeah. Yo, you mean to tell me, tell me. you, you mean to tell me that Tommy Shepard's been here for like what, how long, how long has Tommy Shepard been here? Not even two K- years.
1: Here.
0: How? Leave like you behind that dumbass, that idiot, Ernie what Grunfeld. Years.
1: How? So, it's, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Tommy Shepard was appointed the interim general manager following Grunfeld's dismissal on April second, twenty nineteen. He was named the full time position in July twenty nineteen. So he's.
0: Yeah. Is he behind.
1: Uh, he was hired by the Wizards in two thousand three.
0: Yeah. See. Wow.
1: Shepard was hired by the Wizards in two thousand three, serving as the team's vice president of baseball operations under the newly hired president and general manager Ernie Grunfeld.
0: I
2: swear to God. So he's
1: been I with mean, this team.
2: I, I swear to God. Coming up so twenty I years.
0: High school. <laughs> he sat behind the dumbest fucking general manager in the for.
1: Sixteen years. He's coming up on being with this franchise for twenty years. Oh my god, dude! Oh my god! But so, he, we are just a little over two years of his reign.
2: So let's just kind of a little bit of context behind Ian and I's um, shocking faces right now is he took as much as I love him. I'm always going to love him. No one's ever going to wear the number two in Washington ever again. He traded the worst contract in the NBA for probably the second worst NBA contract uh, contract in the league. He then traded Russell Westbrook's contract for Kyle Kuzma, who I think could be a really, really, really solid player, especially when he doesn't have to share the ball with LeBron James. Yeah. Yeah. Montrezl Harrell, who is coming off of the NBA's sixth man of the year one of the better defensive players. You're a Trez Trez guy.
0: Always have been.
2: Kentavious Caldwell-Pope, one of the best um, 3 and D players in the league, Um, shoots um, shoots over 45% from the three-point line. And they got a first-round pick, which they then converted into Aaron Holiday, plus a late-round pick in some G League prospect. This is... In addition to that, they were able to sign Spencer Dinwiddie to be our point guard and to um, pair up with Bradley Beal. So we got rid of two awful contracts, didn't lose any draft picks, got some of the best role players probably that we have ever had. And then sets us up for um, better financial situations in the future to acquire more stars for Brad.
1: Tommy Shepard. <laughs> <laughs> so you're saying you like you like the you like the new guy? I do. <laughs>
2: I do, and not to mention he hired who I think was a very very well qualified and well deserved coach in West, Un- West Unsell Jr. And apparently his biggest selling point was also a few things on correcting Bradley Beal. But he was dumbfounded, dumbfounded, why Scott Brooks was just leaving Denny in just the corners.
1: He also has plans for this little thing called defense. 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 I don't know if you've heard of this.
2: And they just, <laughs> the fuck is that?
1: <laughs> but apparently, Wes Unsell Jr. also has plans for, again, brace for it, defense,
2: defense. So, Ian, for, first and foremost, what do you think? Of, do you like you like the Russ trade? I imagine.
0: The the new Russ trade. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. I I fucking love it, and so I hated the the initial Russ and John trade. Right? Yep. Yep. Tommy Shepard was playing chess, not checkers.
1: Oh yes. Yep. And we were. Yep. We had and we had no clue. <laughs> so, yep.
0: Tommy Shepard is so much better at this than we are. It's. Unbelievable. <laughs> the, the fact that he did this
2: without giving up any draft capital. He would just give up draft first-round picks like they were just
1: candy. candy. That's the part that blows my mind. Is that he didn't Blows my mind. That they did blows not lose draft picks. Ian is frozen in a season. He's frozen
2: with his hands. <laughs> he's,
1: he's, I'm guessing that, that is, is his I-cannot-believe-we-didn't-lose-draft-picks face. There he is.
0: <laughs> yeah, you guys are frozen.
1: No, you froze... You froze like this. You were like,
0: "You are frozen."
1: Yeah. Well, we can hear you still.
2: Yeah. Um, so, Ian, keep going. So, you like the you like this trade? Why is that?
0: I I love this trade. It gives us so much depth. Mm-hmm. What are we gonna what, what are we gonna do with with Russell Westbrook? What are we gonna do? We're gonna get to maybe the eighth seed and get bounced out in the first round. Correct. Max. Max, we get to the second round and then get bounced. Either way. But so this gave us so much depth in every single category. Like, I've never seen a roster like this. And the drafting. I I, I like the draft. Mm -hmm. And so now... I mean, e- either way, we're, we're going to be a four seed, maybe. Yeah. But. But we have so many more options now because I, of the,
2: how he's constructed this roster. That's, so, what,
1: that's what does it for me.
2: Yeah. So, for example, like, we're going to have to trade some of these guys. Like, there's no room, especially like, you know, Denny is is a building block, in my opinion. So, I, I don't know how this is going to work out. Uh, you know, there's, there's, a, there's a log jam of talented players, which is a really good freaking problem to have. So if there's not enough room, then give us some draft picks or, you know, if we can acquire a third star with the haul that we just received, then we are in position and have the financial capability of doing that. Um, And he's really, in my opinion, he's kind of going by this methodology where, okay, we have our best player in Bradley bill. He's the best two guard in the NBA. And, we're just going to build around excellent, excellent, well-qualified role players, and you know all of these guys. I mean, this is the deepest. This is the deepest bullet slash wizards team I have ever seen in my life, at least ever. on paper.
1: Ever they have, like you said, they have so many role players. Everyone has a as a role to play. Everyone, I mean, they, they're just you know they don't have the star power that you need in the NBA, but they are a complete roster. It seems
2: like so. This is, this is my starting lineup, and right now you have Dinwiddie at point guard, Brad at two, three – no, Yeah, totally. yeah. Three, it seems like it's going to be KCP and Caldwell-Pope, Rui at four, and Gafford at five. Um, people forget how good Gafford was for us. Oh, my God, I love him so much. That's your guy. Um mm-hmm. So a, a few things. Do you, does Denny is Denny in the starting lineup? What do you do with Kyle Kuzma? Where do you, is Kuzma a three? Is he a four? Is he a three and a
0: half? Run run through the top five again.
2: Dinwiddie, Brad, Denny, Rui, Gafford.
0: Man, this is a this is a deep team.
2: Yeah. Then you got Caldwell Pope. Uh, you have Bertans. You have your first round pick in Kispert, who was the best shooter in the draft.
1: You're getting
2: Thomas Bryant back. Thomas Bryant's back.
1: Obviously, Denny's going to be back. It's a fucking deep team, and like 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 yeah. Ian said, like <laughs> Tommy Shepard was playing chess while everyone was playing checkers. He's still playing. Yeah. yeah. He's still playing this game, and like I think he's—I haven't read or seen too many interviews or read too many quotes from him, but it seems like mm-hmm. he has this Mike Rizzo approach where he has a one-year plan, a three-year plan, and a five-year plan. He's sure. working on the three-year plan right now. You know, he—he's envisioning what this team is going to look like because he said, like, like you said, these guys, some, not everyone's going to have going to be able to stay around, so no. he's planning on trading these guys either for more draft picks or for star players. So he's already envisioning what the team is going to look like in two or three years by using the guys that he just acquired and flipping them. I
2: mean, I could see a small ball lineup with like Dinwiddie, Beal, KCP, um, Kuzma and Rui, like in just run.
0: There is, (laughs) we have so many goddamn weapons. Mm
2: Mm-hmm. I just don't, I don't know what to do with Denny because I I can't figure like um, actually
0: he's, a, our future. he's our future.
2: Yeah, someone compared. Someone told me he reminds me of like a six foot nine Ginobili.
0: I was like, that's actually that's actually a good con. I yeah. can see that. He's 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 in between Ginobili and Luca.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: He can't shoot like Luca.
1: Yeah, he needs to shoot better.
0: He'll get there. But motherfuckers, he's about to be 20 years old. Mm-hmm. This.
1: Yep. He was born in 2001. That's insane.
0: That's 2001. I don't like that. And Tommy all we had I'm telling you right now, Tommy Shepard will go in the next five years. He might be GM of the year. He
2: he also was able to acquire Dinwiddie for three years and $62 million for a second-round pick, and I think Chandler Hutchinson, who was mostly known for doing TikToks before the games. <laughs> so um, oh, that's awesome. What Ian, what do you think of Dinwiddie? Do you think he pairs well with Brad? He was an all-star um, Beautifully. last season.
0: That's one of the, the – that is one of my favorite signings of the entire uh, offseason. Dinwiddie. And you know – is an amazing pair yep. with Brad.
2: He he's not the best shooter, but where you are seeing the biggest upgrade, as I understand, the biggest upgrade with Den on this team is defensively. He is one of the better perimeter defenders in the league.
0: And what do we need? Perimeter defense. Perimeter defense. And, and what do we not need? We don't need another point guard shooting threes. Nope. We have all three point shooters. What we want is a goddamn fucking defender and a distributor. I think I think it's perfect.
1: Perfect.
2: So, out of the haul we got from the Lakers, so a few things. Kyle Kuzma is only twenty six. He's yeah. six foot ten, and so out of the three, that's actually who I like the most because I really think if he's given more minutes or given more abilities to score, because we really don't like sure. Brad's our primary score then Dinwiddie would be second, but you know, you need to have a third premier score, whether that be Rui or whomever. Um, but, you know, I could see, I mean, Kuzma could average 15, 16 points a game with us. Yeah.
1: I don't see why not.
2: That's, that's actually who I like the most because of his ability to score. He can play to three or four. And he's used he can play he can come off the bench, he could start. Um could do either one. Yeah, I'm not sure. So Ian, then you have a log jam of Gafford, Montrez Harrell, and Thomas Bryant. Then you can't you can't keep all three.
0: Who was it?
1: Uh, Gafford. Who do you say? Gafford, Montez, Brian, and
2: Gafford, Montrez, Hale,
1: Montrez and, Hale and Thomas, Thomas
2: Bryant. Bryant. Can't keep all three.
0: I personally, I want to get rid of
2: Brian. You you just you just want a dog in there, don't you?
0: Yes. Trez is a Trez is a dog. He's a dog. No. He's a. Like, literally, I've, I've said for years, I want somebody like Montrezl Harold, and then now we have him. <laughs> like, <laughs> the actual Trez. Yeah. I, I want him to feast. Yeah. I like—I literally thought, like, honestly, I thought he was over 30 years old. He's 26, 27 years old. He's 27. Seriously? He's 27.
1: Yeah, he's only two years older than me. He's born 94.
0: That's awesome. Good God, Tommy. <laughs> right? am, I, am I right? 27? Mm-hmm.
1: He's 27.
0: 27. That's this, unbelievable. I thought he was 32. Like, literally, I thought he was 32 years old. Was it? He, he does look go older. To
2: Military Academy, though. He was your rival.
0: He went to Harvard. He went to Harvard. hmm mm-hmm. He does look older.
1: He did. <laughs> Man, you guys get me excited for wizard season. He would go to our Green.
2: <laughs> um, yeah, you know, and not to mention, let's just talk about how on God's given earth a team is going to work with both Russ and LeBron on the te- on the court at the same time. They're done. I, I don't know how that's going to work, considering that unless LeBron turns into a 40% um, shooter from three, um, I don't know how on earth that's going to work. <laughs> and Ian smiling just like, oh, I can't wait.
0: <laughs> no, no shot, no. Please and thank you. I want to watch that. Mm-hmm. I, I will enjoy that. You know, I, I'm excited.
2: I, I just, I, I am more excited about this than, than mm-hmm. this is probably the most excited I've been about the Wizards that, that I can remember. Um, okay. Because not only do they have flexibility, but they have young talent and, and guys that, that can shoot, and frankly, you need three point shooting. And or the best three point shooting teams were all in the, the playoffs this year. And they they traded for them, they've signed them, and now they just drafted the best shooter in Corey Kispern at a Gonzaga. So that dude can shoot. Mm-hmm. His, his comp is Joe Harris, and I mean, great. That's fantastic. He Joe Harris is a really good basketball player. Just don't put Kispert and Bertans on the floor at the same time. Ian might won't be able to handle himself.
0: But See, but that's my question though. Mm-hmm. He's
2: what, he, he's a three. What do we do with Bertan? He's the avatar. He's got the bad contract now. So if Tommy can somehow get rid of that one, so. I, th- I think that's got to
0: be what he's looking for now.
2: I would imagine so. If he can do that, then he is just a goddamn miracle worker.
0: <laughs> he's
2: a gimmel. <laughs> All right, um, guys, this is fun. You ready for our twenty questions?
1: Yep. Let's we're, do a, Try to run through it real what, quick. What time are we at, Bob? Uh, a little over an hour and a half. That's our, it. Hour thirty-seven. Yeah, that's great. That's, that's
2: perfect time. It's pretty good. Wait for, wait for Ian to come back. Um,
1: but we're approaching midnight, and yeah, people in the house oh, are getting You're sleepy. Right.
2: Yep. Tomorrow comes early. Um, um, I got my guy. Hold on, let me let me get ready.
1: Now that baseball season is just totally punted. I'm obviously super excited for football. Yeah, that was the conversation. Just got me excited for basketball.
2: Yeah, you should be. Uh, I mean, and especially I know your complaint primarily with watching the NBA, or at least as a Wizards fan, is just how awful the defense is. And I can say with the utmost confidence that shouldn't be a problem next year. Yeah. So um, at the same time, we're still not better than Brooklyn, obviously. Yeah. We're not better than Milwaukee, not better than Philly. And um, Atlanta's going to be on on the up and up, obviously. Chicago's got a heck of a roster now. <laughs> The East is is not the same Eastern Conference that we have grown accustomed to.
1: Miami just signed someone too, didn't they?
2: Yeah, they got Kyle Lowry.
1: Kyle Lowry, that's who it was.
2: Even though I'm not sure how much of an upgrade that's going to be, I mean, I, I, he is, you know, he's past his prime, in my opinion. But
1: hey, if they are like, and
2: yeah. the Knicks had a good season too, so yeah,
1: the, um, um, yeah. I mean, if they are able to. I just I just you know those one or two years with the the prime John and Brad years were so much fun to watch because they they did play defense they were a fast paced up and down the court team they're a lot of fun to watch they shared the ball if this team kind of does that like you know we're not just watching I mean the the triple double season that Russell Westbrook put up was obviously very cool but we're not just watching him. Brick threes all game, and we're actually seeing some ball movement and fast-paced offense. I mean, I'm all down for that. I'm, I'm super curious to see how Bus Unsad turns out. I hope he's. I wanted him from day one, honestly. Once once I saw that he was one of the last guys, um, in mm-hmm. the final round of interviews, I I, I think I kind of latched onto him. Um, yeah, and I'm glad he was the final selection. So I hope he turns out to be the right guy. And
2: it, and it's not even because it's a name recognition with his father being one of the best players in franchise no, history. No, he's been one of
1: the best. Assistant I mean, coaches this, in the league for a while now.
2: I mean, this guy has paid his dues. And not to mention, think about where he's paying his dues. For yeah. a, a team like the Denver Nuggets, that is not, you know, a premier landing spot for free agents. I mean, they, they had to do that organically. Yeah. And, I mean, they were competing with the best teams in basketball despite, you know, I mean, I know um, Jokic was the MVP, but. I mean, he became Jokic because of how they developed him and his teammates and stuff like that. Like they, they're one of the best team basketball. I mean, one of the best teams that played cohesively. Yeah, and that sure. was what was always so so enjoyable. Yeah, um, to watch about them and still is. So yeah, like, and that's always a recipe. Like, okay, Denver's, Denver, the Denver Nuggets have it figured out. Whatever they're doing is correct. So give me their sous chef. Yeah. And Wes Unsell Jr. was, was Mike Malone's sous chef. Yep. So, perfect. I'll take him, please. And thank you. Not to mention he grew up here, so yep. that's even better. Yep. That's good. And um, not to mention Spencer Dinwiddie earned a lot of um, points when he signed. He, he sent that video from Harry Potter.
1: You're a wizard, yeah.
2: You're Harry a wizard, Potter. Harry. Ian, we were saying, and I know it's one of your favorite teams to watch, the Denver Nuggets. Because that's how we got Wes Unsell Jr. Yes. I mean, he was the sous chef to one of the most cohesive teams in basketball.
0: Of all time.
2: I mean you yeah. love you love the Nuggets because how they played
0: as a team. Oh. Yes. It literally gives me a chubby.
1: <laughs> <laughs> all right. Yeah. All right. 20 questions. you guys ready? Yes.
2: All right. I'm ready when you are fire I'll, away.
1: I'll go. Did he play offense? He did not.
0: Was he a whitey?
2: He was not.
1: Did he play in the secondary?
0: He did not. Was he on the D line? No. Was he a linebacker?
2: He was. Okay. Five questions down. Just making joke. Sure. So he is a non white linebacker.
0: Is this me? Yeah. Did he play in
1: the two
2: thousand to
1: two thousand ten? He did. Did he play under Joe Gibbs?
2: I want to say yes, let me confirm.
1: One second. Uno, man.
0: Yes. Number start with five. I'm sorry? Did his number start with the five? It did.
1: Great question. Yes. Helpful, sort of. Uh, uh Did he play middle linebacker?
2: I I believe so. I'm I'm not entirely sure. Mm. I will not count that question if that's That's
1: fine. I'm trying to think of like if someone stands out as a middle versus like outside guy.
0: Still Bobby or is it
1: me? Uh, I can go it's, to you. We
2: are eight questions in, guys. I did not count the most recent since I I don't know the specific
0: answer. Does it mean? Yes. Did he have braces? Hmm.
2: I don't think so. Let me do a little quick Google image search. In his pictures, I do not see braces.
0: You, you would have known. Okay.
1: Um, only like two names are really popping into my mind. Did he finish his career with the Redskins? Definitely.
2: Great question. According to his pro football reference page, that is correct.
1: He did. That is correct.
0: How many how many answers do we have left questions?
2: you're on question. You have nine questions in, so you got 11 more to go. So what we know now (laughs) is he is a non white linebacker that wore a number in the fifties. He did not have braces. We do not know if he played inside or outside linebacker. That is, and he did not play for any other team besides the Redskins.
1: Oh, you! I only asked if he finished his career here. So he, but he was a Redskins for life?
2: Well, shit.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> yes.
1: Free answer, We <laughs> <laughs> New toys. Oh man! So fuck. he was a
0: Redskins for life.
1: Redskins for yeah. life linebacker number five, starts number five, and did play in the second Gibbs era. Did um, uh, was he on the team before the second Gibbs Gibbs
2: era too? Right question. That answer is no.
1: So later half of the Gibbs era.
2: Halfway. Halfway.
0: God damn it. HB blades. God damn it. Is that really it? (laughs) Did I get it?
2: Did I get it? Did I get it? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, you did. Just arbitrarily thrown out an HB Blades reference and nailed it. Halfway. <laughs> <laughs> you got to be kidding me.
1: Let's go. <laughs> Blades.
2: That was linebacker number. What number did he wear, Ian? Oh, God, I don't know. Uh, 54. 54. He was a six-round draft pick in 2007 out of Pittsburgh. And he was mostly well known because his father was uh, Benny Blades, who also was on the Redskins.
1: Wow, what a
0: fucking Paul! Why, why do the ones that I mail have never been recorded? <laughs> this was recorded. It was recorded.
1: Oh, is this recorded? Oh yeah, we're still yeah. on. Oh, yeah. There, no,
0: you're on. You're on the record, dude. <laughs> Todd Yoder. Yoder. HB, H.B. Blades?
1: H.B. Blades. And uh who did I get?
2: You got Madu um, Williams.
1: Madu Williams. Oh, yeah. And then I got someone else, too, didn't
2: I? You did get somebody yeah. else, and I'm drawing, to. I'm drawing a blank right now.
1: Was it Marcus Washington? No.
2: It was Marcus Washington. Thank you, Bob. Yep.
1: God damn it. I yeah, thought, it like, ge- I honestly...
2: Like, you guys weren't going anywhere at this point. And, like, I was like, oh, I think I got him. I think I got him. Oh,
1: yeah, that was not on my radar at all. What a pull. Also, he's like, hold on. I going to pull up his football. Didn't he play for, like, three years or something? Like,
2: 2007 to 2010. You are right. So, he survived um, it's, his first one year with Gibbs. Then he was in the Zorn era, Zorn era and then played one year with Shanahan.
1: Yo, but fucking um, reliable. All four, uh, looks like so. 07, 08, 09, 010 All four years, he appeared in all sixteen games.
2: He did. He was primarily a special teamer, and he actually started five games in two thousand eight. Good For him,
1: HB. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Damn it! Damn it! Damn it! Damn it! All right, <laughs> man. Ian and I are so good at twenty questions.
0: We're so good this game.
1: <laughs> hey, I mean, I'm I'm gonna go harder. All right. I thought that was pretty hard. <laughs> I thought that was pretty hard too. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I am very confident I would not have gotten that no matter how far we gotten. Did not know where he went to college, did not know how long he played. Uh that's great. Well, that's a great way to end this episode. I love that. <laughs> Owning on a high note for me and Ian. <laughs> Um, thanks so much for everyone uh, for tuning in. Sorry for the long delay, but like I said, at the top of the show, hopefully we'll be back more frequently with football under, uh, underway for the season. Give us a follow on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram PMIC podcast across the board. You can give Tom a follow at Tom underscore Natalie at Ian underscore foster 21. I'm at Bobby underscore Blanco and uh, Porter is at, um, the Jersey turnpike. Uh, give him a follow there at, new hampshire, at, at, new at, hampshire. Visit, at visit new hampshire at visit new hampshire.com yeah <laughs> uh yeah thanks again so much for tuning in football season underway don't worry about baseball anymore and then sneakily got excited for basketball so you're welcome go zards uh for porter tom and Bob, uh, ian i'm bobby we'll talk to you later guys uh hopefully see you soon uh have a good one
2: night my watch is ended
1: This has been it for me and Coach Podcast.
0: Screw you guys, I'm going home.